Chesapeake Offshore Sailing Services, helping you win the race to the starting line. Hi, this is Brian from Chesapeake Offshore, just here to tell you about the Black Tux. The Black Tux is, um, the next way you're going to rent your tux is if you're getting married, you're going to your buddy's wedding, you're the groom, you're the uh, best man, you're going to need a tux, you're going to need to look good, sharp. Uh, these, what these guys have done is revolutionize how you, you do this. Uh, it's not so much the going into the old guy who measures your inseam uncomfortably. You go online, check out what they've got, check out the styles. They've got all the good styles uh, that make you look sharp. Uh, they send it to you for a free home uh, test fit. Basically, they send it to you, you see how it fits, make sure it works for you, and then you rent the thing. Easy as pie. It's a suit, rental for, suit and tuxedo rental for the 21st century. Uh, that's pretty good. If you're gonna get your groceries at your house, why won't you get your tux? So yeah, rent with them, go online, check it out. Theblacktux.com slash listen for $20 off your purchase. Hi everybody, this is Brian from Chesapeake Offshore Sailing Services. Uh, today I'm gonna to talk a little bit about um, taking an old fixer upper boat and uh, turn it into something that you and your family can enjoy. Uh, there's uh, a lot of websites uh, out now, I guess not websites, um, YouTube channels of young folks that have taken older boats, uh, done a lot with them, taken them on some adventures, and got a little bit famous in the process, which is kind of cool actually. Uh, back when uh, I started cruising, this was uh, we had a little we had a little blog, uh, but this was really before all that kind of thing had happened. I remember seeing somebody who had short video of them on their boat and thinking like that they must have been rich to be able to do that. So this is like, you know, back in two thousand one, two thousand two. Um, anyway, so the point is, uh, right now, people don't sail anymore. You know, in the seventies and eighties, sailing was huge, and and the sport as a whole, uh, you know. People just keep building boats, and the old boats keep sitting in marinas and are pretty much going for nothing now. So, you know, what used to be a big boat, right? A 40-foot boat used to be a really big boat in the, you know, in the 70s and 80s. That You know, there wasn't a lot out there that was much bigger than 40 feet. Uh, and now that's kind of an average-sized boat, if not small for some folks, especially for cruising. I mean, you know, you're upward of 42 to 45 foot on almost every cruising boat. Um but that said, if you're interested in sailing and you feel like uh, this is something that you might want to do, you can have a great time with your family on, you know, anything from, you know, a 32. I mean, you can have a great time on anything. Uh, but, you know, for going and doing some overnights with more than two people, you know, a 32 to a 40-foot boat can be really great and very, very um, economical, which is something you never really hear about sailboats. But, you know, I have a buddy who bought a 40-footer for 10 grand the other day. And engine works, even had new sails. It's just, it's an older style boat that nobody is really interested in buying anymore. Uh, the guy who bought it knows knows a little bit about boats, uh, is somewhat mechanical. And bam, he's got a boat that, you know, would have cost you a fortune, not 10, 15 years ago. And can go all the same places that, you know, the $200,000 boat can go. So... I'm going to talk a little bit about my philosophy on this, right? Um, there are there over the years there have been some different approaches to you know how you go cruising and you know I guess when I'm talking about these kind of boats, I I, I really am talking about 
you know, not not race boats. Maybe you'll run a race, one of these things, every now and then for fun with the family. But this is not going to be generally a, you know, a more serious or a semi-competitive race boat. Even not even a, um, you know, local beer can type of a boat. Um, it's something you want to enjoy with your family. If it's the fastest thing in the world, that's great. If it's not, you can live with it. So here are the philosophies that have been kicking around for a long time. Um, years ago, we had, well, Larry Party died, I think, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, but there was a couple called Lynn and Larry Party, uh, really amazing people. Uh, Larry Party was this sort of craftsman, and he built a, I think it was a 28-foot boat. Seraphin, I think the name was. 28, 30 feet, something like that. Small boat. Um, built completely out of wood by hand, you know, craftsman stuff. And their kind of claim to fame was that they were, um, you know, purist cruisers. They didn't have an engine in the boat. Um, you know, they went everywhere. They did lots of things. Uh, the woman wrote a lot of books. Um, and they were pretty famous in the cruising world. Um, and so that was one approach right is this so this sort of build your own boat kind of thing and that was a 70s kind of a thing you don't really find people out there building building their own boats quite so much anymore um for one there's no need there's about a million cheap used boats out there that are you know certainly very easily cruised um and for another you know the idea of building your own boat i think people have realized that you know, they say that when a home-built boat gets finished, and they usually don't, it's by the third owner, right? The person who actually uses that boat is the third owner. Um, you know, people get obsessed with this idea of building a boat, and they don't ever take it anywhere. They don't ever finish it. Um, and those are always kind of tragic to me, right? This, this, this dream that the person had is kind of lost. But luckily, you don't need to build your own boat anymore. Um, one of my standing uh, agreements with uh, my wife is that no matter what I say or do, she never agrees to uh, let me build my own boat. Because every now and then you'll get that wild hair and you'll think, oh, maybe I'll build a charter boat. Maybe I'll build something big just for the fun of it. Don't do it. Absolutely don't do it. So the old approach was build your own boat, maybe. Or go small. There was a lot of boats that were partially built. You know, you get a hole in a deck and you'd finish it yourself. That was a 70s thing too. Um, so go small and go now was a great approach. And I kind of like that approach. That, you know, relatively speaking, you could kind of say that we did that. You know, I did most of my cruising in my late 20s and early 30s. Uh, and then came back to the real world, quote unquote. Um, so we went simple. We bought a used boat. Uh, we bought a 35-footer. Um, no refrigeration, took that halfway around the world, you know, and that worked great for us. Um, but some people will say, well, you know, don't buy the big boat, right? Buy a little boat and then work into it. You'd be a fool to buy a big 40 foot boat. You'll never be able to handle it. I don't really prescribe to that. I, I I've, I work my way up from 28 to 32 to 36 to 37, you know, and now I sail much bigger boats when I race on people's boats. So I, I feel like I could at this point comfortably handle, you know, a 60 foot, uh, 60, if I can handle a 60 foot racing boat, you know, size is not really that much of a big deal anymore. Um, at least driing, right? You, you're not going to race the whole thing by yourself. 
Um, some people do, but those are very, very special people. Um, so anyway, I don't really prescribe to the go little thing. If you want to cruise, you want to get out there. I don't want to be on a you know 26 footer with an outboard motor hanging off the back. I want something substantial. Um, you want something with a decent engine, right? Because you don't want to spend your time living in fear that the engine's going to die. Um, so I say buy something a little bit bigger and renovate it. Uh, a lot of the old boats are going to have water damage. You might have to fix a bulkhead. Uh, you might want to redo the cabin sole, things like that, um, to make it look nice again. And, you know, as long as the rigging is good, as long as your chain plates are strong, hey, even if they're not, even if the bulkheads have rotted out, that happens a lot on old boats, right? Boats leak at the chain plates, the bulkhead rots, you got to replace the bulkhead. It's really not that big of a deal. This is not highly, highly skilled carpentry. Um, so if you get a boat, um, I wouldn't suggest buying a boat for nothing. You know, don't, don't take the free boat, right? Uh, if you're going to find a cheap boat, um, look for something that has the mast in it. If your boat doesn't have a mast in it, you're you're looking at dumpster fodder. There, there's Finding a suitable mast for a boat without a mast is, is ridiculous. It'll cost you 10 times more than just buying somebody else's junky boat they want to get rid of. Um, so you want to look for good bones. Don't be afraid of mold. You know, boats sit in their slip for a long time. They get a uh, they get moldy inside because the water is sitting there and nobody's paid attention. Nobody's given them any love. Uh, you'd be amazed what some Clorox cleanup can do on vinyl. Um, you know, the the way to do these things are to just take them one bite at a time. Um, but the most important thing you want is an engine that functions. You want a transmission that hasn't been submerged for too long. Um, if this, if a lot of times what happens is if a boat quote unquote sinks on land, uh, that means like they've been leaking while they're on the hard, the transmission sits lower than the rest of the engine. So you may have a transmission that's been sitting in water and it's full of water and it's just a rusted block, right? That if you're looking at old neglected boats, that's something that, that happens. And if your transmission isn't reliable, then the engine's not reliable and then your, your boating is going to be a hell of a lot more stressful. So uh, my last boat, what I did, the boat had, you know, sunk on land, as they say. Uh, transmission was shot. It just, you know, it filled with water. Um, so for a thousand bucks, you get a new transmission. But the engine itself was perfect. Engine had a hundred something hours on it. Um, I bought that boat for virtually nothing. I, I, I bought the boat and then found the mast and bought the mast and I paid more for the mast than I did for the boat. Um, and you can, and you can renovate these things, you know, you can update the look, um, down below is a lot of dark wood, right? Teak as it gets older, just gets darker and darker until you're looking like you're in the, in the middle of somebody's coffin. That's not a modern look for a boat. It's not a, you know, it's not a nice look, I think anymore. Um, one of the things that I've done, uh, and again, you know, this is just kind of a, a test to see if it worked and it works beautifully is rather than repainting all the teak, because some people, maybe they like a nice teak bulkhead um, and it's salvageable. I don't really like that look. So I got some some vinyl wrap basically and put that on the walls and uh, it adheres beautifully. It's a clean look, kind of, you know, all those old little holes where something used to be mounted and things like that. You just kind of sand those lightly to smooth it all out, put the wrap over top of it and uh, you can't even see it. It looks like it's brand new. So that's a really nice way to do it. There's also another product, this um, EVA foam flooring that I've 
I've discovered uh, and used. It's usually used for the cockpits of boats. I've used it down below. You can find like a teak and holly look or, uh, you know, I went for a teak with black uh, stripes in between. And it's almost like, it's strange to say, but it's almost like flip-flop material. So it's soft. It cleans really easily. It doesn't hold stains. Um, and it comes in sticky back adhesive sheets. So if you have floorboards that are, you know, structurally sound, but maybe they just look like hell, uh, or if your your boat just has um, like a fiberglass pan uh, that doesn't look that nice or the paint's bad or whatever, you can take these uh, EVA foam sticky backs and, and lay it down. And it's really cheap. It's like 100 bucks for, uh, you know, an 8x4 uh, sheet of the stuff. And it's way easier than cutting teak and holly plywood. Uh, I, I did some of that, and, you know, the second you get a little bit of water in underneath the the uh, the finish on that stuff, it just looks terrible. So the ZVA foam stuff is just like, it's like bulletproof. Looks pretty good. Eh, it looks really good, actually. I don't say it looks pretty good. Um, and it's a really quick way to, to refinish a floor on a boat um, or the cabin sole, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, a few things that you're going to just bite the bullet on, like... One of the keys to renovating a boat, and I've done three at this point, um, is you need to know when it's worth it to uh, fix something or work on something and when you just need to throw it the hell out and buy a new one, right? Your time is worth more than your money sometimes. Uh, and so one thing that I would say, rip it the hell out and put a new one in, uh, is the head. The toilet, uh, you know, if you've got an old leaky toilet, squirts, squirts poo water on your hand every time you pump the handle, um, just take that sucker out. Just cut the pipes, uh, cut the hoses, pull the whole thing out, throw it in the dumpster, go buy a new one for three hundred bucks. Um, you know, the 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 um, the Raritan uh, PH two is the gold standard for cruisers. Um, there's one other head that people like that's like thousand bucks or something they say that's the gold standard really the raritan ph2 compact head is it's got a, a lever arm on it always works it's not fancy uh they can be had for uh, not too much money and um you know obviously you might have to put in a holding tank and things like that some people go for the whole composting route and i, I get that i get that they work and they're god you could talk for a month to people about composting heads but at the end of the day uh, you know, even if I've crapped in a box and it's mixed up with a bunch of sawdust or whatever, and then I take it out, I'm still walking around with crap in a box. And I just, for me mentally, I just don't want to deal with that. I don't, I, I, I you can tell me all day it doesn't smell. Uh, but, you know, when you have to tell guests, okay, pee in this one area, but don't pee in this area. And it's like, nah, man, forget it. I have, uh, you know, a rare and pH two. I've got a holding tank that I use holding tank treatment on and it never smells and I pump it out. That's the other thing, you know. If you're gonna sit with a holding tank full of crap on your boat for three weeks and then expect your boat not to smell bad, well then maybe you're, you're you know, maybe you, you do need a uh, composting head. I could see if you're cruising long-term and you are not in places where you can do pump outs, then where the composting head would work. But for me, this boat, it's me and the kids on the weekend cruising the bay and uh, having guests out every now and then and drinking beers on the boat. And, you know, those 
after the third beer, I don't want my guests going down below and saying, why am I crapping in a bucket? Like it's, you know, <laughs> it's just not my bag, baby. Might be yours, not mine. Um, so yeah, replace that. Just cut that son of a bitch out. Put in new hoses. The old hoses will, will hold stink in them. Just cut everything out, put it in new. Um, one of the big costs for redoing an interior, like if you have old 70s cushions, right? That's uh, it's really expensive to recover cushions. Um, maybe your boat has nasty cushions. Uh, you can go to IKEA and for 99 bucks buy a queen size foam mattress. It's um, multi-layered, right? So it's got like a softer layer on the bottom and a harder layer on the top. Uh, so it's really comfortable, and that stuff is perfect for boats. It's uh, we bought some and cut it up for cushions uh, for for the V berth to get rid of some old nasty cushions that had been around for 40 years. Uh, work great. Um, the actual upholstering, um, you know, if you feel like you're the kind of a sewing kind of person, you can you can get into that. Um, that's not really for me quite so much. I don't want to own a sewing machine. Um, so what I've done is taken the old cover cushions and there's this stuff called stretch fabric. You can get, uh, it's kind of like spandex, not spandex, but it looks just like regular um, cotton sheets, but it's three-way stretch. So um, you can take these things and stretch it around your oddly shaped cushions, attach them with um, these little elastic things that they use to like keep your bed tucked in, like people who are very uh, anal retentive and want all their covers really tight they use these little elastic things so you wrap those around it and uh you know it looks good and it works well so again there's some just basic things you can do to make the boat look clean and nice um any interior varnish that you're not going to cover up you know I, i'm of the opinion that i like teak on trim i don't want teak on, teak on large surfaces uh white with a little bit of teak trim looks nice to me um so i do that and you know, before you know it, you've got a boat that looks really good. Um, so anyway, there's ways to make these boats look good. Uh, if you have a little bit of skill, you can replace the rigging as you go. You know, if you've got old rigging on a boat, maybe you want to um, replace a strand at a time as budget allows. Uh, eventually, you'll want to get newer sails, right? Because these old boats that haven't been cared for have sails from 30 years ago. Um, but there's a way for this. So really, I mean, you can have... A decent boat um, for far less than you might think um, and if you don't have a hobby there's your hobby right there right you know some of this stuff might take a lot of time but frankly what else am I gonna be doing I'm gonna be watching you know season season 19 of Game of Thrones or some other stupid TV show or I go out and I work on my boat a little bit every night and have a feeling of satisfaction that I made something better in the world so for me that's that works very well so anyway, um, yeah, old boats—they're—they're uh, they're great. They're cheap. They can get you on the water and doing things you didn't think were possible. And uh, you don't need a hundred thousand dollar, you know, boat to get out there. Uh, these boats—you can buy a very nice thirty-five footer for ten grand now. You know, my buddy's ten thousand dollar forty-footer is—you know—that's a unicorn, right? I mean, they wanted a lot more for the boat and they just wanted to get rid of it. Um, but you can find those too. And my advice for when you're looking to purchase a boat, uh, if it's an older boat like that, I hate to say this, but offer them half of what their asking price is and then wait 
and you'll find that you're, you're going to get a call back before you know it. Because the one big thing that everybody has to realize before you buy a boat is that the annual slip fee is usually uh, a lot of money. So you're looking at five grand in Annapolis for a 35 footer, uh, if that, if you can get that uh, a year. And that's a lot of money. So if you're somewhere with cheap dockage, you're in good shape. Um, but just know that if you buy a big boat, you're gonna have to pay to put it somewhere. Uh, but if you can if you can swing that, you can have a great boat for not a lot of money. So anyway, that's about it. Uh, I think I've said enough. Um, you know, when when you buy new boats, uh, you know, get yourself a Nigel Calder, Nigel Calder mechanical and electrical manual, and that'll cover ninety percent of the problems you might have. Uh, if you want your life to be less um, stressful, don't have installed. Uh, refrigeration because that comes with its own set of uh, headaches Uh, but that said they've got really cheap um, you know refrigerators that are plug in like a like a cooler style of refrigerator that you just plug into your 12 volt on the boat they're really efficient and these things are coming out of china for like nothing now like 400 bucks will buy you a really nice one um, where you know you couldn't touch that for less than a thousand ten years ago so anyway there's lots of things that you can do and you can get out in the world and you can go sailing and uh, have fun like we do all right that's it have a great day and we'll talk to you soon